Ah, people of the internet, EDB here. That's Eric Deshaun Baird for long. And I just wanted to stop by today to wish you a happy day. You know what I'm saying? Ah, it's a uh, beautiful day in the neighborhood. It's a beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Please, would you be mine? I've always wanted to have a neighbor just like you. Do I have to keep singing this song? I don't even know why I started singing this song. I, I I don't even know right now how you're feeling about the fact. I am hoping that most of you may not know who that song or what that song is. Because if someone t- and don't don't even tell if they're looking at you sideways because I already know that you're going to respond with complete disdain because nobody likes Mr. Rogers. <sighs> but today, my friends, we are fresh off of three wonderful episodes with my good buddy, Moose. And uh, I wanted to uh, not necessarily piggyback off of her conversations, but there was uh, something that, that came up that just kind of tied in to what she was talking about and and kind of her hopes and her dreams and what she views as the future of at least in her world and and not not to to kind of distance myself from her world because i honestly believe that the reason why we are such good friends is because our patterns and our views of life are in many cases aligned and so today i just want to have a conversation between you and me that that's that's the thing that I want to do. But before we get to that conversation, you know, we got to go ahead and take care of some business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got to pay bills. And then after we pay bills, I'm going to tell you what, we're, we're just going to go ahead and and do this like church. I'm going to give you the call of order right now or the order of services, if you will. I, I know you're like, I, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. OK, that's fine. Let me just go ahead and tell you this. Is how it's going to go down. Okay, I'm gonna pay a bill. Then after I come back from the bill, there's going to be a conversation. We're going to do a history piece. You know, the walking history pieces that I'm doing in these in these little episodes. We're going to do that. Then after we do that, we're going to have the track of the day. Then after the track of the day, we're going to have the conversation that I've just alluded to. And then. I'll be back for the conclusion. Does that make sense? All right. Uh, In today's historical walk of Norfolk, we talk about the Half Moon Fort, 1673. Uh, Hostilities between the British and the Dutch continued for a number of years after the British took New Amsterdam in 1664 and established the colony of New York. Uh The effects were felt in Hampton Roads where Dutch ships destroyed a fleet of tobacco ships at the mouth of the James River in 1667 and another fleet in Haven Bay in 1673. Sound like they're attacking up there right now. Might as well 
You wanna just go ahead and, and, and okay. All right, uh-huh. Bow to the helicopter. It wants to be heard. Everything wants to be heard. Where were we? Following the 1673 attack, the Virginia Assembly authorized construction of a fort in Lower Norfolk County to protect British settlements from possible future attacks by the Dutch. Mm. The new fort was built here several years before the town of Norfolk was established at a site then called Faroon Fathering Point. Faroon or Fori F-O-U-R-E Farthing Point. The act specified that the model be in the form of a half moon. It was armed with demi cannons and culverines due to the broad expanses of the river at this location. The culverns, culverns is what I wanted to say. Sorry about that butchering of my English and reading. Was an early long cannon capable of shooting at 18 pounds, five inch ball accuracy for about 1300 yards. Building the fort cost Lower Norfolk County 35,000 pounds of tobacco. That is a lot of pot. Tobacco's not, well, Breathe you in like oxygen Oh, in an otherwise suffocating world I'm reaching out for arms, I'm drowning in, in the open-ended love we're making, girl Exhale the past, inhale a future that lasts Change my heart, change my mind For the last time, I wanna believe in the life I've led I don't wanna leave another word unsaid You know my heart will follow you in tomorrow In tomorrow My evidence you once really cared I'm reaching for a hand to pull me up, up One open to an everlasting love Exhale the past Inhale the future that lasts Change my heart, change my mind For the last time I wanna believe in the life I've led I don't wanna leave another word unsaid You know my heart will follow you 
wanted to uh, have a conversation as I'm sitting in the car awaiting my next meeting. I have about, uh, oh, what's this? Maybe 17 minutes to have this conversation. I want to talk about this, a mentality that some have in our society, this this self-righteous mentality. Now, let, let me let me preface this by saying that I believe that rules and regulations are required for a functioning society to operate. I believe that that everything needs something to be upholding to. That makes any sense? Let me let me let me try to break that down so I, I can understand it at least. I believe that if there is no right and there is no wrong, that we cannot function as a people. Because how do we know as somebody is finishing a workout? Simon, how are you? You just interrupted my podcast and therefore I blow you out on the blow you out. Should I say blast you out? Because I don't want to say blow you out. That sounds bad. Um, oh, <laughs> uh, get back on topic, Eric. Um, and if there were no right and no wrong, then how we know what barometer by which to measure our lives upon, right? We we gotta know that that we can or can't do something. This we can't kill people. That's that's wrong. We we can't steal from people. That's wrong. We can't go out and and cheat people. That's wrong. But at the same time, those laws and those rules can become uh, breeding grounds for greedy people to take serious advantage of the weak. And I think that is the biggest wrong that most in our society, especially the rich minded, the rich and the rich minded. Now, those are two different types of people suffer from the rich and the rich minded. I want you to keep that in mind. When we use the laws to our advantage at the expense of the weak, I feel that that is the ultimate wrong. And for example, I live in the state of Virginia and your state may have this problem too. I don't really know. But automobile problems, conflicts is the number one in my view. And and I'm definitely uh, going to probably exaggerate uh, these statistics, but then again, statistics are nothing but a bunch of exaggerations, right? So let's just go ahead and say it's the number one uh, thing that the rich and rich-minded use to take advantage of the weak. You can take your car in right now and they will tell you, as the school bus is passing by, how how are you? It's good that you're passing by. It's kind of poetic because it's a it's a symbol of our learning something here. You see what I'm saying? So you take your car to the shop and the auto mechanic nowadays. Let's talk about back in the day. Most of you may or may not remember back in the day. 
if you are an 80s baby or mid to late 80s baby, like I am, mid 80s, 84, you know, when Ronald Reagan was president, you would know that you'd take your car to the shop. Most of your shops were uh, kind of mom and pop, almost uh, like a garage style shop. You had, they had, they were commercial, but you know, the, the, the shops wasn't as, as industrial as they are now, right? And so you would go to the shop and nine times out of 10, uh, Bernie, you know, big Bernie was fixing your car and you would say, hey, hey B-Man, um, something ain't right with the ride. And B-Man would either say, come on down to the shop or, or back in the day, B-Man would come at the house because 9 out of 10, he lived in the neighborhood with you. So, you know, y'all go in there, crack a couple coolers lights and look at the car in the driveway. B-Man would go down there under the car and, and take something out, show it to you, kind of educate you on how it should look versus how it is. Nine times out of 10, B-Man would either have the part or if y'all were real tight, B-Man would go down there to, you know, the, the local uh, car place might have been advanced. Pep Boys, I think, was around then. AutoZone might have been. And he'd go down and get you the part and say, uh, look, this is the way the new one looks. This is the way yours look. And this is why we need to replace it. And you understood it because B-Man gave a damn about you. B-Man wasn't just trying to make a buck off of you. But now you take your car to these industrialized organizations that literally have their car uh, garages, their workshops in the back of the bunker somewhere. Literally, you don't even know where the workshop is. You, you drop your car off at the front door. It goes through a gate. And then it's like, it's like it's going through the matrix into the white light. And then you don't see it again until they give you the bill. And they'll tell you something that you cannot verify nor see. They won't even take you back there to show it to you. They'll just tell you this is what's wrong. And you you don't know the man who's working on your car because his name's not Big Man or Bernie Mac. No, it's tech number 7224966. Six. You got to add the extra six on the end because it's got to be identified from the other ones. And and he's back there looking at your car. He might be high, might be drunk, might be texting his girlfriend or looking at pictures on Instagram or maybe even posting something on chain. And, and, and is he really, really taking a look at what's going on? You don't know that. There's no way for you to know that. And now you got this bill. This monstrous bill that you can't afford to pay. You know why? Because Johnny back there took advantage of you. I was watching a car. It's just a six.com is, is who I was looking at. They do YouTube videos. And they kind of uh, was an inspiration to me to kind of look back into my childhood. Because as I, as I mentioned on, on the vlogs over at youtube.com forward slash Eric Barrett, you can subscribe over there if you if you have a moment or you, you like. I do fitness and, and creative stuff and, and what we're about to talk about now, cars. I'm getting ready to do that. And you know why I'm getting ready to do that? Because I have become woke, if you will, to the reality that if I don't know what's going on in my car, these people can screw the hell out of me. And they have. 
in my 2008 Dodge Avenger right now. I bought it on Halloween night. I've always said I, I should have realized that was a bad mistake. You don't go and buy cars on Halloween night. You're destined to fail. Bad mistake. And I don't even like the word mistake. But I bought the car, 2008. By February of 2019, the gearbox went out on the car. Then, after the gearbox went out in the car, about a year and some change later, maybe, no, by June 2009, yeah, because Obama had just become president, and the automotive industry was crashing, I'll never forget it, June 2009, as I'm getting a text message let you know, let me see, she's, she's running a bit late, so uh, my, my, my appointment is a little late, so now I have a little bit more time with you. So back to my story. Uh, I, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 lost my train of thought, ADD kick in now, come on, kick in meds, kick in meds, kick in meds, woo! So, uh, about April, April of May, 2009, yeah, 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 it's about April, and I'm gonna tell you why. It was in April instead of June. About April, the car started acting funny. 2009. Again, Obama just took office. The automotive industry was in free fall. You, you remember that happened. And I took my car to the Green Gifford Dodge Jeep dealership over off of North Military Highway. They're not there anymore because the bastards weren't worth a cuss. And uh, I took my car in told them there was a knocking sound they took the car back and kept it until June they literally kept my car from May until June did some type of test which I don't even I never saw oil samples which I was never privy to and brought my car back and told me the engine was gone Now, my friends, my lovely friends of the Internet, this car at this point, 2009, I bought it October 31, 2008. And you mean to tell me that from October 2008 until May 2009? What is that? Uh, October? No, we we can't even count October. Because I, I got off the lot. 31. So we can't even count November. So we got to go December the first month. January the second month. February the third month. March is the fourth month. April is the fifth month. May. Six months into a new car. And my engine is gone. On a brand new car. Now. According to the law. That would be considered a lemon. But you see what they did was. They kept the car from May until June. Now, why did they do that? Because the filing for the lemon law expired in May. They kept the car until after I could file lemon law charges. Literally two days after I can file lemon law charges, They tell me what's wrong with my car and return it to me. Now, I have a car note. $282.12, somewhere in there. I have to pay that because, again, I just bought this car. 
in October 31, went to them with a cashier's check from the bank. I owe the who did I get a who did I get a payment with? I don't even remember who I got the, the loan by. Not even important. As another school bus comes by. It's very poetic because we're learning here. Bus number 2911 from Park Place School. I didn't know Park Place had a school. All right. You can't see that. Like, why are you telling me that? It's, I, like, I'm going to know what that bus is. I didn't even hear the bus. It wasn't even that loud. These new buses today are so quiet. You don't even know it. Them old cheese boxes you had, you had to yell just for the person next to the seat because the bus was so loud. But anyway, that's, that's not a conversation we're having here. So, I got the car October 31, 2008. And it's down June 2009. I still got a five-year loan. I got to pay that loan. I'm out throwing newspapers for Virginian Pilot. Literally scraping down to the bone here with my payments. I, I'm literally walking down the street, picking up pennies off the side of the road to make the car payments. That's how scrapped for cash I was at the time. And so I got a car note that I can't really pay. And now an engine that I can't afford to buy. So what did I have to do? I had to park my car. Now, in the lovely city, I, I mean, whatever you want to say about it, because the car could not be moved, they threatened to tow it. Sad reality. It is what it is. So I got a car note, can't afford it. My car is now being towed or threatened to be towed because I can't afford to put, well, I'm going to put tags on it. I can't drive it. So I got to put it in the garage so that I can get the money to fix my car. And after I get the money to fix my car, which was literally four and a half years later, because remember, I got to pay this car note. I got to get this loan off of me so I can now afford to fix my car. I get the loan off of me. Fix my car. Put a brand new engine in the car. Done deal, right? Take it down there. Have the fine people at the auto mechanic shop, which I'm not going to name because I don't like them anymore either. I like the guy who was working there. The guy who was working there was a bomb man. I mean, that man did some wonderful things for me. He helped me along the way. And every now and again, you can go to these big time dealers and you can find that one person in there who's a sweetheart who will take to you and God bless him and God loves you and he'll have somebody there for you. And I love that man, but he went somewhere else and I didn't know him anymore. So therefore I can't talk about that place because I don't like him now. But I took it there. An old man who I can't remember his name, if I looked at the paperwork, I probably could. He called me back. He's like, bruh, bruh, bruh. I'm like, what, man? He's like, let me tell you something, bruh. As I take a sip, because I need a drink for this. You're going to need one, too. So you might as well go ahead and get one. Bruh, I, uh, we put the engine in the car, right? Yeah. He's like, come on down here. No, no, no. Just listen. Hey, start the car. They start the car. People of the internet, when I tell you, with a brand new engine, $6,000 and change, more like $4,500 and something, because like I said, brother was nice to me. He started that car up, and that car made the same damn sound it did when we took it in there. The same damn sound. 
and it's got a brand new engine in it, but it's still making the same damn sound. $6,000, maybe $4,500 and some change. I got to look at the paperwork, but like I said, Brother Man was good to me, but it was still a lot of money. And the car is still making the same noise as bus 2911 from the Park Place School goes back by me. They must have dropped the kids off and now they're on their way out. Go over to God. So, I got a brand new engine in the car. Car still making the same sound. What the hell's wrong with the car? You know what it was? It was the alternator. I lost four and a half years threatened by the police to get my car towed. Had to park it in the garage. Had to buy a brand new battery, brand new set of tires. Had to replace all the spark plugs, all those other things. Because four and a half years with a car sitting up in the garage does nothing to your hoses and things. I mean, it doesn't happen. Them pipes and lubes ain't no ain't no fill ain't no lube running through it. Ain't no liquid. Ain't nothing squirting on nothing. The stuff just goes bad. It's like a giant ain't been spit on him. Sorry, that's, that's a bad reference. I shouldn't have went there. But you know what I'm talking about, brothers and sisters. So now, I need an alternator. That's about a three, $400 job. Hell, I could have done that myself. It's just two nuts. Maybe, I, well, like, I, I don't know where it is on this car because I haven't seen it, which is something or the reason why I want to open my own shop. Not to fix other people's cars, but I want to open my own shop so I know how to fix my own car. Because that was literally maybe two screws and some washers. I could have did that myself. Went down to the auto zone, got me the part, put it on, bing, bada, boom, realest guy in the room. But I'm $6,000 now in debt. Because now the alternate has got to be paid for. The labor has got to be paid for. So it's about 45. I said about 42, 45. I don't know. I got to look at paperwork. He was good to me, though. But it was still somewhere north of $5,000. Somewhere in that area. And all it was was a $300 job. And you know why? Because I had to trust the word of a, of a system that took my car in the back somewhere and just said, how can we rape him? That's, that's the only thing that I can say about this situation is that the green gifford raped me that faithful may 2009 and so my friends this is why this is why we have to do something about these automotive people this is why if anything we have to understand why we must pay attention and know what's going on. Now back to itsjustasix.com because I don't think I ever explained why I like them. Because itsjustasix.com shared something with me that was very fascinating. Never thought about it. It's just a six as I scratch myself. I should stop because I've already looked like I've been, you know, uh, attacked by a deer's claw in my face in two spots. Bless my heart. Oh, I got to go to the bathroom, too. So we, we got to hurry this up. What time she says she's going to be here? It's five out to eight. Come on, now, girl. Um, it's just a six dot com. He, he did something, like I said, it was very fascinating to me. As I take a breath, because I really got to go pee. But I want to finish this up. He took his car. He had to take it to the shop. What he did was he put some signals in his car. He marked 
the spots where he wanted the mechanic to look. Put a little note in there, if you will. And then when he went back after they diagnosed his car, because he had his own shop, because he could lift his own car, he looked under there. And he noticed that the spots that he marked were still lined up exactly the way he marked it. Which means they never looked at his car. And because, again, he knew what to do. He knew how to mark it. He knew how to trap them. He realized, and he could realize, that he had got screwed. Everybody can't do that. Everybody doesn't know how. And again, that is why I am in awe passionately now. I am passionately, passionately, as I say that while puckering myself because I really got to go pee. I am passionate about creating this shop as an educational facility, not just for me, but for all who are watching because, again, the facts of the matter is this system is screwing people. And the rich and the rich-minded are okay with it. You know why? Because they can afford it. You can afford to, to mandatory have these, these opportunities where the state says you have to do this, that, and the third. You can afford it because it doesn't matter what happens. You can go down and fix it because you got cash in the bank. But what about the people who don't have it? What about the people who are not as privileged as you are? What do they do? That is the question that we must force ourselves to ask. So I'm going to pick this subject up again a little bit more. I want to I want to dive into this a little bit more. But for now, as this Honda Accord drives by, I'm going to have to leave you because like I said, it's after eight o'clock. My appointment should be there and I got to pee. So thank you. Thank you so much for allowing appointments. I, 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 I know. Thank you for telling me about my upcoming appointments. Apple Watch, you're beautiful. So my friends, my lovely friends, let's think about that. Let's take time to think about what I just said today. I want you to process it. Those of you who are woke and who understand who are the fighters as I put my visor up because the sun was blinding me and defenders of those who have not the strong who support the weak. Let's think about it. Let's think about what needs to happen. What we must do as we move forward into this new decade of awesome sauce. People, my lovely people of the internet, I, I just want to thank you for uh, joining me today. And I hope that our conversation today made made a little sense to you. If it did, you are free, especially if you use the iTunes or the Spotify or even the Google Play. Wh whatever 
medium by which you have chosen to consume your podcast, I ask you to go ahead and leave a comment. Let me know what's going on, how you're feeling, and and rate this podcast, especially on iTunes, because apparently that that is what you got to do to make yourself worth something around here. And then, 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 hit me up. Instagram.com forward slash Eric Deshaun Barrett. Facebook.com forward slash Eric D. Barrett. Twitter.com also forward slash Eric D. Barrett. Email me, Eric Deshaun Barrett at gmail.com. And then there's the vlog. It's on YouTube. YouTube.com forward slash Eric Barrett. Well, I uh, look forward to our chatting tomorrow. Yeah, we're going to do it. It's going to be another day, another dollar, another opportunity at being awesome sauce. Until then, for me and mine, unto you and yours. Laters! Laters!